um, there was a, uh, a rink on the river here and I was taking the boys skating almost every day. And, um, one day I, I had planned to work out in the afternoon and, uh, and then at some point the boys were like, can we go skating? Or, or Felix asked me if we could go skating. And then Sarah's like, well, you want it to work out? Like, do you want me to go instead? And I'm like, no, like, there's no way that I'm going to decide to work out instead of going skating with my boys right now. So Hi, my name is Scott Switzer, and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40-plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I wanted to remind you of our Road to a Thousand Subscribers giveaway that we have going on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe and have a public profile, you'll be entered to win a free RX Smart Gear original jump rope. You'll get to pick the pattern of the handles, the color and weight of the cable, and you'll be getting one of the best selling, best performing jump ropes out there. Every time we hit a new century mark with the number of subscribers to our channel, we'll randomly select a new winner. And our friend Dave Newman is going to throw in a little something extra for each winner. So a special thanks to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, to Dave Newman for being such a great partner, and to you for being a loyal listener. Good luck, and I hope you are our next winner. So as, as we kind of start this, uh, I need to tell you that that you are Kat's favorite CrossFitter ever. Oh, okay. okay. Here we go. Wow. And, and uh, her birthday is Saturday. And oh, wow. so... For her birthday, that's why I reached out to you this week, uh, was to get you on kind of as a little birthday gift, so she gets to talk to her favorite CrossFitter. Yay. Oh wow! Well, hey, that's I, I don't hear that that often anymore. So you know what? I'll take it. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. And she's three so our, shades of red, darker than normal. Right. Usually, <laughs> yeah. our our co-host Amy sort of um, she's a she's a Con Porter fan, and so when we started the podcast, I actually got Con Porter on sort of as a favor to her as well. So we sort of are, we're shifting alliances here and trying to figure out like who our favorite athletes are and trying to get them, get them on. But I'm from the East coast and, you know, I've been to a lot of regionals and super regionals and things like that. I've always followed your uh, sports career. So. Oh, cool. Thank you. Con's a good dude too. I, we, um, we did the 2014 uh, invitational one against the other, uh, against each other, right. He was on the, yep. on the Australian team. So we, we go way back. Yeah. Well, for our listeners, uh, we have Paul Tremblay with us, uh, 2014 CrossFit Games athlete. And as he mentioned, uh, invitational team member for Canada that same year uh, and a lot of other accolades. Uh, and we're going to get into all of that as we interview you through this process. 
Uh, cool. But we're, we kind of do like an origin story type uh, podcast. So uh, did you all, did you grow up in Ottawa? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised in Ottawa. And yeah. you were a, you were a hockey player. Uh, yeah. I mean, loosely loose term, right? Like I played hockey, like a lot of people played hockey growing up. Um, and I played, uh, all the way up until uh, I was uh, 21. So I played some junior B here in, in Ottawa. So yeah, I guess you could call me a hockey player. So what, um, what does junior B mean for, for us people in the States? Um, for you in the States, junior B means, um, a couple levels under, um, under I'd say the, the college or actually the same age as college, but, um, maybe like div div three D three schools. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like some, some guys from junior B and junior A go on to play, um, some, some div one schools, uh, and then even go on to play in the NHL. It's a couple levels under the NHL. That's what I like to tell people. <laughs> Oh, good. What what position did yeah. you play? I was a um, center for a long time, and then I ended up uh, I did my career on the left wing. I'm a right shot, and I would play on the the left wing, so I would have a, like an off off wing shot. Nice, yes, yeah. yeah I, I grew up outside of Pittsburgh, so I'm a big Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Um, and been that way for 30, 40 years now, and uh, love the sport. So cool, awesome. Pittsburgh. Um, I, I actually, it's funny. I grew up a Pittsburgh fan as well, because uh, obviously a Mario Lemieux fan, and um, you know, I was uh, one of my one of my um, I guess coolest present that I've ever gotten when I was like nine years old. And there's a picture of me jumping in the air, and, and it's like midair in front of the Christmas tree, and it was when I got a Mario Lemieux jersey. Nice. And, and yeah, I still remember that. And it was, uh, that was a huge, huge, uh, moment, I guess. Yeah. He, uh, he is a God in Pittsburgh because he saved hockey twice. Uh, exactly. the, the, the team was, was fledgling and then he showed up and, and they, they did great things. And then it was fledgling again and he bought the team and now is the only, so. isn't that crazy? Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Yeah. And cool. now it, they're really successful, new arena and doing great. So yeah, awesome. uh, that's awesome. So I also uh, found out that you did another sport before CrossFit and let me get this right. It is like the Red Bull crash, crashed ice That's right. world championships. And that is That's essentially right. downhill ice skating. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was uh, well, I mean, I, again, I, I don't think I would uh, call myself a, a really uh, a Red Bull crash athlete, but I did it a couple of years and it was, uh, it was, now it's a it's a real kind of world tour and there's people on the world tour and they you know they pretty much do this all year round they have sponsors and all that stuff um i i did the world championship when it you could still kind of just walk on and you would do um there was there were tryouts in in individual cities and it was on a normal rink so you would just do a, a, a practice run and then they would time your run you go over obstacles and stuff like that just on a normal rink and the fastest people from each city would go to the championship. So um, I, luckily I was able to do that a couple of times, um, but I, I stopped in 2013 and that was, that was insane. Like I still say to this day, like some of the craziest uh, adrenaline rushes that I've ever had in my life was, was Red Bull crash type. 
just going. Yeah, it's like you said, it's it's downhill, ice cross on skates, hockey equipment, going you know full speed into corners and and uh, just praying to God that you, you don't fall. I need to find this because it looks, it sounds like it would be amazing to watch. Yeah, it, I mean, just Google Red Bull Crash Dice. There's so many videos out there, and it's they always kind of pick the, the the best little clips of people ramming into the boards and stuff like that. But um, it was still, it, it was dangerous, but it was um, like it was still pretty safe at the, at the time. So does one person go at a time, or is it a group altogether? It's both. So we used to do uh, time trials to figure out um, like your placing. And then once the time, the time trials were by yourself. And then once you got into the, the racing rounds, then it was four people per race. And that was, uh, that was a different beast. All right. So let's get um, into your personal life a little bit. Um, yeah. You, you have a wife, Sarah. That's right. Yeah, Sarah. So when did you guys meet? Uh, Sarah and I met uh, in 2013, December 2013. At, uh Actually, we met at uh, the grand opening of my gym. So she was a, a CrossFitter here in Ottawa. Um, and she, she went to another gym in town. And then when we opened the gym, we had this big event. We invited Michel Latendre and Simon Paquette at the time. And, and they came down to do a little throwdown and, and had some fun for that. And one of our friends um, knew Sarah and I had told her, I'm like, this is Pete Shaw's wife. Now wife, I told her, I'm like, you got to find me a girlfriend. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sick of being single. You know, I'm ready to settle down. And, and she's like, oh, I, I went to high school with this girl. And she goes, she goes to another gym. I'll invite her to the grand opening. I'm like, do it. So um, she did. And she came to the grand opening. And that's it. <laughs> so you owe it all to Pete Shaw's wife. That's, that's it. Uh, yeah. And it was, that was part of my wedding speech. <laughs> <laughs> That is great. Yeah. Um, and then you guys have had three kids since. Yeah, we, uh, we didn't, we didn't mess around. Yeah. Uh, we've had three kids. She's pregnant. She's 25 weeks pregnant as well. Uh, so we're expecting our fourth in, uh, in May, but if you ask her, she went, she would have had kids right when she met me. So I was the one who, who made her wait, you know, made her wait two years before having kids. <laughs> and you have, right now you have two boys and a girl. That's right. Yeah. Two boys and a girl. Yeah. You know what you're having? We don't, we, uh, we found out for the, for the last three. And then on this one, we're like, Hey, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's not find out. And I want to, I want to have that feeling in the delivery room to just be able to call the sex. You know, yeah. all my friends that have had babies who, who have done that, uh, it's been, they, they always describe that as a really special moment and, um, kind of hoping to get that. I, I can cool. see doing that for number four and that you already have one of each, you know, at least one yeah. of each. I, I'm okay with that. I'm usually yeah, a control freak and you kind of need to know, but I get the surprise element of that. Yeah. I really thought it was going to be harder to be honest. Like I thought for sure we were going to give in and we we're just going to go and, and try and find out. Um, but no, it, it's been, it's been funny and it's, it's been super interesting finding a name because now for the first three, we knew it was a boy and then we knew it was a boy and we always found out. So we knew the name right away. We, there was no debate. It was just like, Hey, we're naming him um, or her this. And then here we, we have no idea. Like we can't figure it out because we don't know if it's a boy or girl. So like, I don't want to 
say, okay, we're, if it's a boy, we're naming him this. And then almost like kind of be disappointed because I'm getting attached to this name and this idea of a boy. So no name, the baby's going to be born and then we'll figure it out. We'll have, we'll have a couple hours to, to give it a name. Yeah. My, my wife and I, we fought so long about names. Everyone she came up, I hated. Everyone I came up with, she hated. Uh, and then the funny story is it ends up, we named our daughter after the Hooters girl in Adam Sandler's movie, Big Daddy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa. Uh, Corinne. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not the, okay. The Hooters girl during the movie, not at the end there. Correct. Versus, yeah, yeah. Is it Vanessa? Not Corinne. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. <laughs> so my daughter, she's 19 now. She tells everybody yeah. she's named after a Hooters girl in an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, so she she's gonna pay herself through med school by uh, <laughs> working at Hooters, just like Corinne. Right, right. Um, and so, so now I want to go into your kind of your business life, and we're gonna get back to the kids in a little bit with some yeah. other things. But, um, but you worked in finance and banking, mm-hmm. and I've done yeah, that job. That, well. that it's exhilarating. Yeah. <laughs> so just to give, yeah, I mean, I. I I say finance, like I was in the world of finance. That's what I studied. And I, um, I worked for um, a crown corporation here in Ottawa and I was, it was very entry level. And I was just basically uh, inputting data and into a system and, and pumping out credit ratings and then sending that off to another team, you know? So it wasn't super, uh, um, super interesting and, and very complicated, but uh, yeah, it was a, a finance job. I wasn't like on Wall Street or anything, you know. And what did your workout life look like while you were working there? Uh, that's super interesting because that's basically when I found fitness. So I, when I, um, fitness in the sense of like, uh, you know, working out to work out, not work out to play hockey. Cause the, I feel like those were, were two different things. Um, when I, when I was younger, I would work out so I could be better at hockey. And when I was done hockey, it was, I was working out cause it, it made me feel good and I wanted to look better. And, and, um, it was my way of, of staying healthy, not sport anymore. So, but when I worked at this, this place, it was EDC, they had, um, a gym downstairs that was only for employees. And it was a, it was a great gym and they actually held classes and, there's like a boot camp and like a core RX and stuff like that. And so I would do group fitness and I would just, uh, instead of just doing my bench press and biceps and triceps, uh, some of the guys that I worked out with down there, just, you know, egg me on to try some of the group fitness by one of the instructors. And, and, um, that's when I, I got to understand that, you know, you kind of have to sweat a little bit in the gym to get results instead of just hit the bench press and squat. So, um, and we would just work out every lunch. And, um, one day, one of the guys that I worked out with, um, you know, basically said like, let's, let's take our cross or let's take our workouts to the next level. Have you heard of CrossFit? And uh, I'm like, no, never heard of it. And then the rest is history. We did a CrossFit workout and that's it. I heard you, you did it in a park, right? Like outside and you used a that's soccer right. goal to do pull-ups. That's it. Yeah. We ran. So the story is he shows me a picture of the podium of the 2010 CrossFit game. And he's like, look at these guys, these guys do CrossFit and FOMO. I was like, okay, cool. Like I want to look like these guys, they, they, they must be doing something right. So let's, let's try this. Um, 
And then he sends me the workout that he wants to do right after in an email. I'm like, there's no way that these guys do this stuff and look like that. And it was, it was Cindy. So we ran to the park. We did 20 minutes of five pull-ups, 10 squats, uh, sorry, 10 push-ups and 15 air squats. And the pull-ups, yeah, we were doing on a, on a little soccer net. And I would say like, I really wish uh, it was acceptable back then to videotape your workouts because <laughs> it, it wasn't back then. Now it's like, if you don't video your workout, did you actually work out? But um, so I, cause I would love to see my pull-ups back then and, and my squats and my push-ups, but um, it just got me hooked right away. You know, I did that workout because originally I was thinking, Hey, what is this? There's no weight. There's no, you know, how is this going to be a workout? It's for 20 minutes. Like that's it. Just 20 minutes. And you quickly realize about three or four minutes into that workout that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm in it. And this is going to be tough. So that's what hooked me right off the bat. Awesome. I'm sad our other co-host isn't here because that was her first workout with CrossFit as well. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about it, I think a week ago and she'd got four rounds that first day and now she can do that in, in less than five minutes. Yeah. 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 And that's the beauty of it too. It's uh, uh, in CrossFit when you're, when you're able to just to, um, to really gauge your progress that easily, it's just very objective. You know, it's very like, Hey, I used to be able to do this. Now I can do double the amount of work in the same amount of time. Like this just, it's, it's white and black right there. You know, it's just like, I'm getting fitter. I'm getting results from this program. It's just that easy to determine. Right. So that's, that's, what's really special. Yeah. And so what, what took you from the park? Where, where did you start doing CrossFit more regularly? Um, so from the park, I, we, um, my buddy, because we were doing CrossFit workouts and then he was, he told me that there were CrossFit gyms. So he's like, Hey, you know, we could go to a CrossFit gym. We could go and drop in and try out a class on Saturday. Um, again, I'm like, there's gyms that do this. Like, how do I not know this? Like, this is amazing. You know? Uh, so we went to, we went to a CrossFit affiliate. It was on the other side of town, like really, really far, you know, about 20, 30 minutes. And for me, that was far. I'm like, why would I go out there just to do CrossFit? Anyway, so we go, we tried a class and again, it just kicked my ass. And I did some stuff that I would have never done on my own. I pushed myself in a way that I would never push myself on my own. So, um, and, but it was really far for me. So I just, I went online and I found a CrossFit. I'm like, there's gotta be more of these in Ottawa. So I Googled CrossFit gyms near me and I went to the affiliate right by my house where, where I live. Um, and at the time that was on the Quebec side. So in, in Gatineau and I just, I joined the gym. I just showed up. Um, and I had heard that there was a guy in the city that was like really good at CrossFit and, uh, it just turned out that he was at that gym and his name's Reza, Reza Mashkuri. I ended up opening up a gym with him. Um, but I remember hearing about him and, and uh, someone told me he was at that gym. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? That's perfect. Great coincidence. I'll just go to that gym. I'll find this guy and I'll work out with him. Um, and, and that's when I started going to an affiliate um, more regularly. I was still working at the time so I could still use the gym, but I found that the coaching and the, 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 the more the, of the community aspect that I found at the gym was just uh, at the affiliate was, was more than I was getting at work. So that's, that's when I started. Did you feel it felt that it filled the gap from hockey, like that competitiveness uh, and playing a, a competitive sport? Well, that's, that's exactly it. It was, uh, I was able to bring some competitive um, components 
to simply working out. So it was, and we, I, and honestly, I started that before CrossFit. Like we would do workouts with my buddies, you know, at, even at work. And it was always, uh, we were always comparing, right. Always comparing and, and, you know, how much weight did you do here and, and there? So I already kind of had that, that competitive aspect, but it was, um, it was just highlighted in CrossFit and it was constantly like every single workout I was able to compare myself. And that competitive aspect was, was, um, like I got my ass kicked in the first couple of weeks of CrossFit, right? Like, and I still to this day, there's a member of my gym. She's, she's been with us since the beginning. And at one of my first workouts that I did was with her beside her and she destroyed me. It was a double under workout and she just smoked me. And she still reminds me of that. Like, I remember when I beat you with that double under workout. And, and that was, um, you know, there was like a, an ego check at the time as well. You know, I was 24 years old. I'm not going to let this, she wasn't, she wasn't old, but older woman uh, beat me and she did. And, and, you know, that, that sort of competition wasn't just with my buddies anymore. It was like anybody in this gym right now can give me something to, to compete with. Um, so that, that aspect was really special as well. It's like, it could be anybody and, uh, they'll give me a run for my money on, on something here. Or they'll help me push in some way that I didn't think, um, I could do. So, yeah. And so you mentioned opening a gym with Reza and the, how did Pete get involved? So Pete, uh, Pete was with us almost since the beginning. So like Reza and I started the affiliate. Um, and probably about six months in Pete joined as a member and, um, he was, it was funny cause he was kind of shopping around and trying out other affiliates and, um, his wife was the one who said that they liked us better, which, which was cool. Um, so she tried out, they would try out every gym together and then they came to ours and, um, they, they, they just decided to join. Right. So from there. Pete was a personal trainer uh, and he showed an interest right off the bat of, of wanting to work with us. Um, and, it, you know, obviously his passion for CrossFit was already there and you could see it already in him. Um, and he just went and got his level one, I think pretty much without telling us. And then he just got it and he came back and guys, I have my level one. Uh, I'd love to start personal training here if that's all right. And, and that's how it went. You know, he started personal training, started giving him classes and Pete was just the type of guy that we would, we, we didn't have to give him more responsibility for him to take it. So he would just take on projects, take on responsibility, spend so much time at the gym. And he just gave us way more than, than we were giving him. So um, it was a no brainer when it, when it got to the point that um, to bring him on as an owner, like the guy, the guy treated his, the, the gym as his own since the beginning. So it was a, it was a smart move. And, and that was like, that was like, you know, probably 2016, 2017. Yeah. Well, I saw, I saw a podcast you did where, where Austin asked you what your biggest pet peeve was. And you oh, said, really? and, and you said that your biggest pet peeve is people giving advice of absolutes. Yeah. And, and Austin said, well, they tell you, you shouldn't go into business with your friends and you guys have run a successful business for seven, eight years now as yeah. friends. Um, and and I just thought that was funny that, that you said absolutes because you never know what the situation's going to be and you never know how you're mm -hmm. going to need to handle it until it comes up. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, that's funny you say that. Uh, biggest pet peeve? No, I, I probably have some bigger pet peeves than that. Maybe in the moment that was it. But uh, <laughs> like a Starbucks cup that leaks off the off the side like that, I can't handle. That's my biggest pet peeve. But, um, um, it, it, that probably came about because I always hear um, people giving business advice. And that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves in the business advice world is the, the absolute. Um, and I hear it so often, like, you know, start the gym on your own. Don't go into business with anybody. Then, you know, don't do partnerships. It ends badly, blah, blah, blah. And you hear the horror stories. But, like, there's so many great stories that come out of, of awesome partnerships, you know. And I don't know how the story ends between Reza, Pete, and myself. But it's been going really, really well. And I could not have done it without them um, and and vice versa, right? And, and you know, some I, I had a conversation with an affiliate owner a couple years back here in Ottawa. And we we're exchanging ideas and and at the end he's like yeah you know what you're just you're lucky you you have partners to do this with i'm by myself and i'm like man unfortunately that has nothing to do with luck the luck is that we get along and that we are aligned with the same goals it was a complete uh it was a decision that we made to go into business together it wasn't luck you know um it, i never wanted to start the gym by myself it was never an idea uh, I, I needed to do it with someone because that's um, that's just the way that I wanted to do it. So, yeah. And, and how are, how you, are the roles, oh, sorry, how are the roles um, delineated between the three of you when it comes to, you know, what are your, what are your pockets? Um, that maybe we're lucky with because we kind of unofficially just went into certain roles uh, since the beginning. So I looked up the Reza a lot since the beginning in terms of coaching and programming and you know, he was in CrossFit before me and he was uh, a name in CrossFit before I was. Um, so I looked up to him a lot in terms of uh, the, the, the coaching aspect. So, um, you know, probably naturally he, he fell into that role where he was the head coach, he was the head programmer, and um, I was more or less the, the back end side of the business because I had a little bit of a background in it and I could understand and read numbers and, and do the books. So from that standpoint, that's how it, it kind of started. And the day-to-day -day activities at, at the gym, we would, we would split, you know, we would split unofficially at the beginning. And then it, it, it turned into, um, once it started getting blurred and it was gray, that's when we sat down. We're like, okay, th th what are you doing in the gym? What am I doing in the gym? Let's adjust our salaries accordingly. What are you really good at? What do you enjoy doing? Um, and that's when we really set out the, the, the tasks for, um, for each of us to do. And obviously it gets even more complicated when we brought Pete on, um, but we did kind of the same thing and uh, that's how we, we split it up. And we revisit that every so often. So we want to stay honest with each other. Like, Hey, are you, do you think you're doing more work than you're getting paid for? So we're just, we're keeping that open uh, just to make sure that the, 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 um, the tasks are, are um are split up evenly let's say mm -hmm. yeah. and you are you're now the the largest affiliate in canada oh i don't know i don't know if we're the largest there's probably gyms out there that have more members um but i mean you know we have um before covid we we're at like 330 340 members obviously now we're we're closer to 200 we'll we'll build back up like most affiliates will but um yeah, we're we're probably in, in a large size, yeah, of the of the affiliates. 
Yeah, I uh, I went on your website and I saw your roster for the open, and it's pretty yeah. hardy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, uh, we have uh, just over eighty people signed up. We're we're just pushing it really hard, you know. And even when we were closed, we're like, hey, if we're still closed during the open, whatever, we'll just all do the at home version or, or the 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 body weight version. Um, we just and all the affiliates that I've been talking to that that. Um, have a, a big participation already in the open. It's very simple. It's just buy-in from the owners and the coaches. It's conversation every conversations every single day with their members at the whiteboard, of virtually or not, of of why to do the open. You know, uh, why do we need to band together right now more than ever? Right, like we've been apart for the last year, and obviously, you know, the open is like the epitome of of getting the community together and doing the same workouts and going through the same, same suffering. So, you know, we're, we're just really proactive. We're talking to our, our members every single day, shaming them into not signing up or signing up. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we just, it's so fun. Like every year, the, the, the open at the gym is just like, it's electric. And we switched from making from doing the opens on, um, on the Saturday to the Friday night. And that was huge too. Um, and just doing like the Friday night lights and, you know, you, you cannot beat the community feeling that you get, uh, during the open at an affiliate. So that's why we just, we push it hard and it's, it's, um, we, we don't even have to convince people. It's like, why should I do the open? Just trust me. Okay. Just do the open. You're going to have an absolute blast and uh, you won't regret it. Just do it. Yeah. I, I know our gym pushes it really hard. We had, yeah. like 170 last year, uh, sign up for the open. And so, yeah, that's great. Um, and once they do it, they want to do it every year. We actually split the gym into teams and make it like an internal competition. Yeah. Um, and it gets pretty crazy, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's a blast. That's a, that's a great way to get buy-in as well. And, and, um, I, I know some gyms are doing that too. We did, we did that last year. Um, and we didn't do, do it this year, but uh, no, that that was really fun. It created some some little banter in between uh, in between workouts, and uh, yeah, that was cool. And this year's going to be the most inclusive open ever. So, with the yeah. adaptive athletes and yeah, there's there's oh my god, there's like 16 different categories for the adaptive athletes. There's an intellectual um, category as well, um, and the obviously the foundations um option the body weight option like there's really no excuse this year not to do the open so it's uh, we want to make it the the largest particip uh, participatory uh sporting event in the world and and this is uh take another step towards that well you know there's been a big change in crossfit with eric rosa and all that and i'm kind of going off script here but That's um, fine. but you are part of you're part of the change because you were named the country manager for canada uh -huh. Yeah. So you're now kind of a part of that, that new, that new regime. And how do you feel it's going? Do you think we're heading in the right direction? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So a um, lot, a lot of changes in, in 2020, a lot of, uh, a lot of tough months for affiliate owners, but the, the you know, the, the leadership change was huge, but um, it was, it's also just, there, there's a, there's a revivement in the community. Like people are excited again for, for a CrossFit. I, that's what I, I truly believe and feel. Um, but I'm, I'm 
you know, I was excited about this change even before being the country manager. Obviously, like we were on board with um, with everything, all the new changes uh, as an affiliate and as uh, staff members, obviously, because myself, Pete and Rez are all on staff and we do the seminars. But there, there's a lot of really good things coming down the pipeline and, and the, the general um, increase in communication between the affiliates and home office is huge. Um, we don't want any affiliates to feel alone anymore. And, and that's why the, also the, the international focus where just because you're not in the U.S. doesn't mean that you're not going to feel some love from CrossFit. Um, I think that's huge as well. And you, we see that in the communities in France and U.K. that are still growing. You know, and, and they've had country managers for two, three years now. And, and the numbers in terms of increase in affiliates and seminars are just huge. So that international uh, focus is huge. That was kind of number one when Rosa came on. So um, just being able to have our own voice and identity in Canada is, uh, is going to help. But yeah, we're super excited for what's coming. I heard you say a couple of months ago that, that your goal as manager of Canada is to get your boots on the ground and get to as many affiliates as you can. And that may mean forming a team. Uh, I think you'd said that like in December, are you closer to that or, or is Canada still kind of on lockdown where you're, you're stuck just kind of in limbo? Um, For the traveling piece, I am closer to that for sure. Um, To, to make a team we're, I've, I've hired one person already. Her name's Karianne Métis. She's in Montreal. She's helping out with uh, some social media and also uh, customer relations. So reaching out to affiliates and just, again, increasing the, the, the means of communication between the affiliates and us. Uh, but definitely like boots on the ground. Like I, I want to go and, and meet as many affiliates as I can. I want to go to the West Coast and, and visit Vancouver. There's a huge community of, of affiliates in Vancouver um, that is not necessarily known for, for us who's on, who are on this side of the country. And, and definitely I want to go and, and try and meet as many as I can right now. I'm on the phone with a lot of them. So, and, and doing a lot of zooms, obviously um, I set out to try and speak with every single affiliate in Canada uh, within the first year. And it, of, uh, honestly, I think it, it, it'll, it'll be done because in the first month or two, I'm already speaking to a lot of them. So, that won't be as, uh, that won't be that bad, uh, but boots on the ground for sure. And, and building a team for that, um, that's going to, I'll probably wait a little bit longer for that because I want to do most of this work myself and I want the affiliates to see me and I, I want to be, you know, as submerged as possible in, in the community uh, before delegating that. But definitely that's part of the plan. And um, I just kind of lost my train of thought there, but um it's all right. <laughs> I have I so much ask, to ask about this. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. Paul. I mean, you've got a lot on your plate, <laughs> right? You're you're running an affiliate in the middle of the pandemic. You're part of seminar staff. You are still potentially an athlete in this sport. Uh, you're about to have your fourth child. You're you know the country manager. Like what? It, where are your priorities right now? And sort of what are some of the things they're going to have to maybe give just a little so that you can you know, be successful in, in everything? Uh, that's a good question. So in terms of the priorities, number one is family uh, all the time. So that's, that's obviously um, number one. And so 
my task at the gym, my tasks at the gym are just going to go down a little bit. And I've talked to the guys about that and we've, we figured out uh, a way to make that happen. And I'm just coaching a little bit less at the, the affiliate. Um, and you know, they're, they're running a great ship over there, Pete and Rez and they're, they're men in the, the, the affiliate side of things. So on that, on that point, I'm not too worried. Um, and the, the, I guess what's going to give is the athlete side. <laughs> But that's all right. That was happening anyways. Um, so I, you know, I'm obviously not um, at the level that I used to be, and I still kind of want to compete on a, on a on some level, and I want to still do the open as best I can. But I'm not aspiring to go to the CrossFit Games anymore. That's done, um, and it, it it it's it's good timing. It's good timing with this increased. Um, role or this role that that's increased my time in front of a computer sitting down talking to people um but and less in the garage working out or doing intervals late at night but uh yeah, i'm totally fine with that i get up in the morning i get my workout in, and then i can go on with my day um but yeah lots on the plate but i i mean it's it's manageable i think i truly believe that everybody's super busy um so to think that you're the only one that's that's busy out there everybody's managing family work uh hobbies and friends so uh i just do like everybody else does i i've got my turn of thought back it was the three pillars of crossfit and that is the the athlete side the affiliate side and the training side and you have been a part of all three of those and there have been times in crossfit's history that those have kind of gotten out of balance at the headquarter level, do you think we're heading in the right direction? And do you think that gives you an advantage as the manager? Um, I think it definitely plays in my favor that I've been part of all three pillars. I don't necessarily agree that it's been lost uh, at the home office side or the HQ, what, you, what we used to call HQ. Um, but the, the, the perception from the affiliates and athletes maybe was that, but the message in CrossFit has always been the same. It's always been you know, constantly varied functional movement executed at high intensity. And the, that's the message at the, the seminar and the message at the affiliate is that CrossFit is for absolutely everybody. And then the message for the sport is like, hey, we're trying to find the fittest person on earth. So that, that whole message I think has always been the same um, the, the difference is the marketing that, that went around that. I truly believe that the marketing that was around the game was, was phenomenal. It's still, um, it still is like what the games mean for affiliates. Um, I truly believe that it brings more people to our gyms than not. So I, I don't believe in the whole, this is intimidating stuff. Um, I, it's the epitome of our sport and it's the epitome of, of fitness. So we have to showcase it and it has to be, um, on the forefront but that doesn't mean that the other side is uh let go right like we still have to show that crossfit is for everybody so um having those three aspects being an affiliate owner being in the game and you know being part of the the training team on the education side definitely helps uh it, it helps me kind of understand how the three pillars can can work together um or I at least have a view of the pillars and see how it, they can work uh, together better. Uh, but it's, it's been a fun challenge so far trying to get that going in Canada. And so one of those pillars is training and we didn't mention yeah. yet that you are CrossFit seminar staff. Are you still currently on staff? 
Yes, sir. I have my. I actually have my first uh, seminar for in a very, very long time next weekend here in Ottawa. But yeah, I'm still on staff. Cool. Yeah, and how been, long have uh, you been last, on staff? Uh, since 2015. I interned in 2014. I was officially in in 2015. Um, this year has been tough. You know, we've had to reschedule. Obviously, um, CrossFit's been insane at f- pivoting to the online format. You know, the the online level one is is amazing, and the, it's it's paired up with a, a webinar with a trainer for four hours. Like that's the, the way that that was rolled out was was phenomenal. Obviously, the in person seminars are are always going to be a little bit more special, and we're super happy to be able to get back to that. Um, but the online seminar is is really sweet. But yeah, I'm I'm still on staff. Uh, when I got this position, I I didn't. Um, my plan was not to stop giving seminars. I think uh, that's part of the boots on the ground, and that's part of of living the lifestyle and and showing uh, and leading by example. So there's a lot of the country managers around the world who are on the who wear the red shirts on weekends, and I think it's um, it adds a lot of value and credibility to the role. So I'm not uh, I'm not losing that, um, and it's just. <laughs> You know, it's it's the funnel into the affiliates, and it's the the beauty into meeting everybody who who wants to um, to do what what I did. You know, at the beginning of of all of this, go do your level one, and then open up the affiliate and and feed that passion for fitness and others. And I don't want to stop doing that. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah oh, I just do you have a oh do you have a favorite lecture? Favorite lecture? What is CrossFit? Is pretty awesome. That's a that's a great one to give. Uh, I actually don't even give all the lectures yet. I'm I'm still missing technique, and f- what is fitness. But my favorite lecture to to watch, um, not necessarily to give, is what is CrossFit. It's the start of the weekend. It's hello, this is you guys are all here. Everyone's a little nervous, you know. But let us tell you why why we're here and 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 what everyone in the world is talking about. Um, so that's, that's a super fun one. And it's, it's one where, um, the flair of the, of the presenter can really come out and the, the personal stories and hearing about how, how they started into CrossFit and, and relating the material to personal experience. I feel like that's always one that I really enjoy watching, uh, not necessarily giving. It's really cool. Yeah. I, uh, I took the research, uh, in December online and the four-hour webinar is intense. Yeah, who'd you like, do it with? Uh, it was a guy out of out of Dubai. Okay, yeah, uh, Simon. Simon. Jones. Yeah, Simon. That's who it was. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, the, Isn't that cool? Like you, you would never get to do a seminar with someone yeah. in Dubai. No. That's 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 the cool portion too. It's like we've gotten re- very local with our seminar staff. That everyone in Canada has been given the seminar by either Matt Dubrek or Jason McDonald in the last like 10 years. Right. So it's, it's kind of uh, this online format is unique as well. Like you could just be on a seminar with someone in Dubai, someone in Africa uh, and the trainer is in, uh, you know, Belgium. So yeah. it's uh, it, it's been that, that aspect has been cool. So it was a good experience for you. It was uh, the, the class consisted of like five different countries represented um, but the only thing I was so sore, uh, doing all those movements in four hours as opposed to over two days. Right. Uh, but other than that, you know, it was, it was a great experience. 
you didn't have to do the thruster workout though. So right. True. True. <laughs> yeah. small, small True. Miracle. Did that on the yeah. on the initial back in fifteen, uh, but yeah. yeah, that's cool. So you didn't uh, you didn't feel like doing your level two? Uh, I did, um, but I actually uh, suffered a, some injuries this year, so okay. I, the online was just the best way to kind of keep certified. And your your level perfect. kept getting canceled, didn't it? You had one, you had a yeah. couple that were scheduled yeah. and then got pushed back, and then you ran out of time. So yeah, it got right. canceled three times, and then I was just like, "We'll just." What a so, disaster! Yeah, the the training team, the the, the booking, the the team that takes care of booking and and all that, uh, they've been they've been phenomenal and working so hard at, at trying to get these seminars to go. It's been crazy. We're going to take a short break from our interview to tell you about our newest sponsor, Up Before You Coffee. They are an amazing coffee. It is delicious, has different little notes of chocolate and things like that. Um, and it's really clean and crisp uh, when you drink it in the morning. Uh, but they have a light roast. Uh, they also have a medium roast, as you can see there. Um, we are so excited about the sponsor sponsorship. Uh, if you use Clydesdale 20, all caps, Clydesdale 20, you can get 20% off your order. Just go to upbeforeyou.com and uh, order your coffee. It's delicious. You'll love it. So I want to I wanna kind of hit some highlights. And that is yeah. uh, a highlight for me. I've been a fan of you forever because the name of this podcast is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. And you're like yeah. the original Clydesdale of CrossFit. Okay. Right little taller, little bigger. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it, Reykjavik in the sanctional season, yeah. when you hit that snatch, what was it? 308? 308, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, 308. That was uh, the whole Reykjavik, the whole Iceland trip was amazing. Like that was um, – that was great. That was a great memory of 2019. And, and I'm really happy I did that. They had, they did a really good job with that, um, with that, uh, that sanctional, but two, 308. I remember the, the format of the, of it was, uh, it made that we had a lot of times or like, we had a lot of reps leading up to it. I think we were going out 10 pounds every time or something like that. Um, and then at some point you can kind of just shoot for the stars and, um, yeah, I, I, I remember, I think I hit uh, 290 something and I'm like, hey, this feels good. Let's go for it. And then after I just went way too big with my kilos and pounds, I, I messed that up and I went for 320 or 319 and I, I just didn't get it. But that was a cool moment. That was a PR for me. Yeah, 308, big snatch. Well, and the best part was they did a behind the scenes in there and you and I think Tim Paulson are kind of chatting back. Uh, behind about before and after the event and it was that was one of my favorite moments yeah the, the um yeah well tim hit a, a pr as well that, that day he was all fired up about it and i keep uh it's it, i keep seeing that clip whenever they talk about iceland they see that clip of him like going crazy after the snatch and i just like reminding him like yeah well i mean i, I hit a 308 right before you that last <laughs> celebration so you got to work on your PR dance. Apparently it's not a uh, yeah. camera friendly. <laughs> yeah. I was just, yeah. The other highlight I, I have is um, uh, the team series, you know, the Reebok, uh, was it classics that you did yeah, with yeah. uh, Stacy, Emily and uh, Ben Smith. And you right. guys won that. 
Yeah, that was that was super fun, and I got lucky there uh, to get invited to be on that team because Scott Panchek was on the team bef- the, the year before, and I don't quite remember why, um, but he couldn't do it that year. So I, I got hooked up with them, and uh, I flew to CrossFit Krypton, and um, that was really cool. That was – I think that was – yeah, that was two different times. So we – that was when the, the team series, which was a super cool event, was two weekends. Right, so we did one at Krypton, and then we did one at Emily Bridger's gym in Atlanta. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just went for it. We, uh, we had some good chemistry, and we ended up winning, which was super cool. Yeah, that was definitely a highlight. Yeah, and then the, the last one I have just to kind of talk about is the Invitational. You, you've brought it yeah. up a little bit. And uh, I thought that was one of the coolest events in CrossFit. And do you see there the potential of them ever bringing that back? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think there's potential. Um, I, I really honestly have no idea where they're at with that. Um, I don't know if they want to bring it back or not. I know there's going to be some off season events that are really, really cool. And I don't know if the invitational is part of that, but I always say that experience for me, uh, still to this day is, is, is my favorite in the CrossFit, um, in the CrossFit world, like being able to, to represent your country. I mean, you know, from a young age, you always kind of want to, you always want to put that Team Canada jersey on uh, if you're a hockey player. So that was my little moment of, of putting the Team Canada jersey on. Um, and it was just, uh, it was really cool. The, the whole, I was still fairly new on the scene, so I didn't really know any of the other competitors that much. It was after the games, but you're, you're, I was a rookie at the games and I was in the first heat, so I didn't really mingle with the, with the top guys because I was at the bottom and didn't know too many people yet. So um, it was just, it was super special. And I got to do it with, with Cammy and, and Michelle and Lucas and, and Camille was coming off winning the games, right? So mm-hmm. she was, um, and Michelle was fourth that year. So our girls were one and four. And then I finished 31st at the games and, and Lucas dropped out because of a heat stroke. So um, I remember it was, uh, it was cool because all the, the attention was on the girls and, and I was okay with that for now because I was still new to it. So I'm like, Hey, yeah, uh, let's, let's focus on the girls. But it was really special because they were obviously uh, at the top of their game back then. So we we're so close to winning. I still think about that all the time. Well, and the, <laughs> we the, so epic, the epic lifts with, with you and Lucas against Jason and rich um, and every, and you hit that big clean. Um, yeah. 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 That was, that was really cool. Um, they, they still show that clip every, every once in a while. If you, do you see behind me, see that? Mm-hmm. So that's, that was a present that year for my birthday. My wife uh, got, uh, Sarah got the, the picture from uh, the website or something. She sent it to one of her friends who's an artist and she, that's a painting back there. And that's me with the 365 over my head. Um, I love it. Yeah. And it's, um, that was a cool moment. Definitely. That was fun. I, I really wish that Jason hit that lift. You know, if he hit that lift, I, it would have made me go for, for maybe 380 or 385. So, uh, <laughs> but he didn't. So I just, we called it there. Yeah. That, that was just epic. So you said that competing is going to have to take a little bit of a backseat with everything you have on your plate. Um, and I, and I heard you kind of talk about that, like, your kids are young and they want to play with dad. And that's really more important than getting a workout in these days. Uh, yeah. Can you just expand on that a little bit? 
Yeah, for sure. I, I think about that uh, all the time. I'm, I'm just, I'm at the point where I want to work out when I'm not disturbing anyone else or if I, I'm not taking it away from, from anything else. So I, I want to work out when my work is done. I want to work out when my kids are sleeping, uh, even though it doesn't always happen. Obviously, I'll, I'll work out sometimes when they're, when they're up. But I always have this feeling that if I could be helping Sarah with the kids inside, I shouldn't be in, in the garage hitting intervals. Like to me, that's, that's just not worth it anymore. Uh, and the example, I think what you're talking about is over the, the Christmas break, um, there was a, uh, a rink on the river here and I was taking the boys skating almost every day. And um, one day I, I had planned to work out in the afternoon and, uh, and then at some point, the boys were like, can we go skating? Or, or Felix asked me if we could go skating. And then Sarah's like, well, you want it to work out? Like, do you want me to go instead? And I'm like, no, like, there's no way that I'm going to decide to work out instead of going skating with my boys right now. So, um, yeah, that's, that's been, um, that's been honestly kind of the battle because, um, you know, obviously working out in the morning is, is not the, not ideal for my fitness, but it's, uh, it's where my head is completely clear. Like there's literally nothing else that I sh could be doing right now. So I can focus on just working out and feeling good about it. Um, as opposed to hearing Sarah scream at the kids inside while I'm trying to work out like that doesn't make sense to me, you know, so I should be inside helping. Yeah, but you I are remember, some, oh, go ahead. I remember when I started CrossFit, it was the 5am was sort of my only option because I was telling people, nobody needs me at 5am. <laughs> you know, I had two, smaller kids at the time and a husband and it's just like 5am is your time you know yeah. get it done and you and you you um what it did for you as a mom was probably huge too right like it just when your kids get up there's there's something if i don't work out in the morning and the kids get up at the same time as me it takes me some time to like get it going you know but if my workout is done when the kids get up i'm like i'm ready to go right it's, it's uh it's it's on but and, and um, that's why the 6 a.m. at the gym is just full of, of young parents. I don't know about mm -hmm. you guys, but our, our 6 a.m. at the gym is full of young parents. Uh, they just, they, they have to come in, they get it done, and then they, they go and, and either go to work or go back home to their families. It's a, the, and and it, that's why it's the busiest class. Like when, when yeah. people well, really we have couples that are, someone will come to the 5am and they'll literally like tag team the, the spouse will come to the 6am. The kids are home by themselves for like two seconds, you know, while people are driving back and forth and it works yeah. for them. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, for sure. Like the, the morning workout, that's what I always tell people. It's like, it's not ideal. And, and waking up doesn't get easier. It doesn't like, I still don't, like I woke up this morning. I'm like, I don't want to get up, but, um, <laughs> I always, I just always remind myself that how, how good you feel after that's literally it. You feel amazing after. So just get up and do it. Nobody needs you right now. You shouldn't be sleeping. <laughs> and so I know you're signed up for the open Yes, sir. and your competitive nature probably won't let you just kind of cruise through it. Oh yeah. I know where you're going <laughs> with this. Yeah. Keep going. So, so if you would make um, the quarterfinals or the semifinals, would, would you continue on? I literally talked to Sarah about this like two days ago. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. I, should I do the semifinal if I qualify? She's like, yes, you yes. should. <laughs> I'm like, it's, but part of me is like, I just feel like I would need to put more time into it to, to really 
uh, do it for real, you know, I, and I just don't feel like it. That's, that's another thing is like, I still love to compete and I still want to compete. Like I still have a desire to be out there and, and throw down with Pete and the Pat Vellners, you know, I still have that desire. I just don't have the desire to put a lot of extra work. In. <laughs> right. And uh, it's true. It's true. Like I just don't feel like beating myself up by myself grinding like I did for the last, you know, several years. Um, so we'll see where it goes. You know, I'll do the open with uh, the training regime that I have right now. And um, if I qualify for the quarterfinals, maybe I'll crank up the training a little bit and uh, give Pete a run for his money at NCR. And then yeah. if I qualify for the, uh, for the semifinal, then I'll make the decision then. Uh, but I, I want to, um, I mean, depending on where the semifinals are, if, if there is one in Canada, I want to uh, organize a big affiliate gathering and get as many affiliate owners as I can over there to kind of hit two birds with one stone. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be possible if I'm competing or I just compete. And in between, I just go and, and do the, the events with the affiliate owners. We'll see. Awesome. Well, we yeah. want to hit you with a couple rapid fire, just a handful of rapid fire questions yeah. uh, to, to kind of end the show. And the first question is, what is your favorite nano ever? Oh, that's a good question. My favorite nano ever would be the, the, the two. I'll say the two, and it has nothing to do with performance. It's just the, the, the shoe that I got in 2012 at the CrossFit Games. It's like the first shoe that I got for free. And, uh, and uh, I just wore the shit out of them. I was very, very proud of that shoe as a games athlete on the team. So the, the nano two. I love it. So you've probably already done this before, but if you had to share a hotel room with either Austin um, or James, who would you prefer? Oh, wow. I've, I've shared a hotel room with both of them. Who would I prefer? Um, probably James, because if I'm in a hotel room, I'm just laid back, you know, and Austin, you cannot be laid back with Austin. Like it's just, he'll probably just wake me up at 4 a.m. on his computer typing away, working away. Uh, I feel like if I'm in a hotel room and I'm in vacation mode, I'm with mm -hmm. James. James, okay. there's no vacation mode with Austin. Guys, nonstop. <laughs> He's always fired up. Yeah, exactly. And James, uh, James got that switch. You know, we can have we can have a lot of fun. and We can be very serious. All right. So the next one is, uh, what is the one games wad you wish you had a crack at? Um, uh, the CrossFit total. Mm. I'm not the total and, yeah, <laughs> I, I would have loved to take a run at that one. Uh, that was in 2018, 18. maybe? 20, and then this year. 20. Oh, yeah, they did it again this year. That's right, yeah. Uh, that one, I would love a crack at it. And every single year that Dave programs some sort of speed ladder or increasing snatch or clean ladder, and then he has me test it and uh, – I, I do really well in it because I, I enjoy that stuff. And then I see it at the games and I'm like, eh, you know, but. Um, I, got but to, yeah. I got to see in person your uh, clean and jerk uh, ladder at the Granite Games in 2019. Oh, yeah. That was, a, that was a technical win, right? You did win that event. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. I that saw was, it. Uh, that was legit. Yeah. That was the first time that I really uh, like, not complain, but I guess complain 
Cause after I watched the video and I'm like, come on, like that's a win. And then I was, I was at the dinner and I'm like, I'm not going to, whatever. It's, who cares? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have the weekend. It's not going to change my life. And, and my wife, Sarah was like, no, we are, you are calling the owner. We're going to get that reviewed. And then it happened. But yeah, I, I love that stuff. The, the speed, fast, um, heavy weights. It's like, I, I really feel like in CrossFit, you never see that anywhere else in, in sport where it's like heavy technical lifts as fast as possible. There's no staring at the barbell, setting up your hands as, as best you can. It's like, you got to be so surgical with where your hands are. Every time you walk up to the bar, there's no stomping your feet on the ground. As soon as your feet hit the ground, your hands are on the bar, you pick up the bar right away. So I love, love that stuff. And, and when Dave introduced that in like 2014, I think that was the first like speed ladder. I was like, this is cool. Like this makes for a great show for fans. Yeah. That Absolutely. would drive Lucas nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas has yeah. to do like the whole shimmy and the, and the shake before <laughs> every lift. Yeah. I mean that, that type of lifting has, uh, he's had to change his style because of that, you know? And, uh, and he's, he's, he's so methodical that now that he's changed his style, like now he's, so good at that exact thing of just walking up to the barbell and uh, and picking it up because he's he knows exactly where his hands are every single time like i'll just run up to a barbell my hands are completely off centered i don't give a shit just throw it up in the air you know but <laughs> I, I don't really practice it but yeah um felix is your oldest right correct so if someone were to ask felix what does your dad do for a living what do you think his answer would be works out <laughs> he works out and what would you and what would you want his answer to be as he gets older and sort of has to explain to folks what you do for a living what would you want him to understand that you do um he already says I, i'm kidding he says he coaches like my dad's a coach um because felix was really lucky that um he he got to spend a lot of time at the gym at the beginning like uh, you know of his life um and it's it's not the same for the other two which for me i find that uh, disappointing you know obviously COVID sucked and everything but one of the major things was George didn't get to grow up in the gym like Felix did like Felix walks into the gym and he talks to everybody he knows everybody he was like just it was like it was his gym you know it was really cool to, to, to watch him grow up there and get really good with you know staying out of the way when people were working out or you know just it was just really really good at the gym and George didn't get to experience that in Siena I don't know if she will because you know, no kids at the gym and, and it's different, but he definitely saw me coach a lot. And really early on, he would like, while I was coaching, if he was in the corner and I would be like, Hey, we're going to go down for a squat and go. I, I could hear his little voice, like on the side, like, and go. like, it was really, <laughs> it was really cute. So he, uh, he definitely knows I'm a coach. What would I want him to say? Um, that's fine for now. Coach, uh, CrossFit, uh, you know, teaches, teaches fitness. Uh, he, he, he changes lives, you know, who, who knows? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions I have for you, Paul. We're, we're right up on the hour right now. And, uh, I really thank you so much for your time. This has been a great conversation. No problem. No problem. And, and to be honest, like it kind of caught me off guard. I, I, 
sort of forgot what the the podcast was. Um, <laughs> there's a lot a lot going on, a lot on the calendar, but uh, no, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. It was the pleasure was ours. Okay, thank you. Take care. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsor, RX Smart Gear. As a listener of the show, you can get 15% off everything except special editions and new releases when you use the code Clydesdale15 at checkout. That's Clydesdale15, all caps, at rxsmartgear.com. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.